0: Praise the Lord. Thank you. I know you won't be at that, that other building that long because you're going to outgrow it. Amen. By faith. We just say that by faith. Amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? Praise God. Turn with me in your Bibles over to Psalm 143. If you don't know where Psalms is, just open your Bible right there somewhere directly in the middle and you'll probably land on Psalms. How many have ever heard of Boudreaux? Anybody heard of a man named Boudreaux? They, used, they tell jokes about Boudreaux down in Louisiana. There was a man named Boudreaux. Boudreaux was trying to lose some weight, and everybody knew he was trying to lose weight. And so they tried to hold him accountable, but one day he decided that uh, he wanted to do something nice for the people in the office, and so he thought, well, I'm going to get some donuts from my favorite donut place, for all the people in the office. But he prayed first. He said, Lord, if it's your will that I get donuts for the people in the office, help a parking spot open right in front of the donut shop. And when he told the story to his coworkers, he said, wouldn't you know it? The eighth time around the block, a parking spot opened right in front of the donut shop. Only eight times. You know, sometimes we treat the will of God like that, right? We want to do what we want to do, and so we find a way for something to happen. There was another lady that she was, it was told about her. She was in Scotland, and and uh, she would go in on these, you know, little village places. Uh, roads and paths and she would sell her tea and uh, some little things you know and when she would come to a fork in the road if she didn't know which way to go she she would take a stick and flick it up in the air and whichever way that stick landed that's the direction that she would go and a man saw her one time. She was at a fork in the road, and she just kept flicking the stick up in the air. And he came and asked her, what's going on? Why are you flicking that thing up in the air and letting it land so many times? She said, because every time I let it fall, it points to the left, and I want to go right. I, did, I found out yesterday, Emily and I found out that you can ask Siri on your phone to flip a coin for you. Did you, anybody else hear that? You can ask Siri. Don't try it right now, but you can try it on your phone. Siri, if you, if you have a, an iPhone, we'll flip a coin for you. And, you know, it's, it's pretty sad that, you know, people would, would consider that, you know, that's a way to make decisions in life. Let's just flip a coin. If it's, if it's heads, we go this way. If it's tails, we'll go this way and have no real direction. You know, that, that shouldn't be us, right? I mean, oh, we ought to know where we're going. We ought to at least be able to hear the voice of God and be led by God and not by our own feelings. How many know feelings lie? If you only do what you feel like doing, you're going to be in a, in a world of trouble. But we're not, we're not going to live like that. And I want to look at this in Psalm 143. We'll get there in just a moment. You know, one of the, the favorite sayings that people have when I, all these years in the ministry, and Pastor Blake can share this, and others have known you. You, uh, you understand what I'm saying. One of the things that people like to say is God told me. God told me. Well, why? Why are you doing what you do? doing? Well, God spoke to me. God told me to do this. And, you know, sometimes you can see as a pastor, you can see, and even other people in the church can see that the decisions that a person is making aren't necessarily the right decisions. There's something just not right there. But how many know we can't argue with God? If God said it, then I guess, well, I'm not going to trump God in that situation. God told me, or or, or sometimes uh, people will say, "Well, I feel God wants me to tell you," and and uh, sometimes we'll even say that as pastors because it's uh, it's something that the Holy Spirit lays upon our hearts, and that that is the will of God. But and and that's like something that the Holy Spirit specifically will speak to us about. My wife Emily, uh, she's back here, right there on the back row. Uh, that's her. Wave, Emily, so that everybody knows. There she is, my wife of 28 years, and uh, we met when I was 15 years old. I was a little brat at 15, and she didn't even hardly give me a, a second look. You know, I was, she's a, She's just a couple years older, even though I look older than she she is, but uh, she wouldn't even hardly give me the time of day, and I uh, I thought, I tried everything, you know, I I was trying to think, she was up in Michigan and I was in Colorado and I was thinking, how can I get to Michigan so I can get acquainted with her? I started looking for distant relatives and I finally found the sister to my grandmother who lived on the other side of the state. I thought, there's a relationship that needs to be rekindled, you know. I need to go up and see my grandmother's sister. Never met her in my life, but now I've got a, a uh, some family in Michigan, but uh, eventually there were some things happening on Emily's family side where they were making some plans to move to Colorado. And I, you know, I, I just like to say that it was God having mercy on me. And he, was, he, was, he had favor on my life, but she was in a revival. They lived in, in Detroit area, north of Detroit, a place called Utica. They were in a revival kind of like this. They had, gone, they had gone to listen to this preacher in Lansing, Michigan, and, uh, you know, it was just a service just like this. She, she, was, she went with her parents. They went to listen to this man, and it was uh, during this time that she was making some decisions on what she was going to do next in life. She'd already graduated, finished high school, was going to, to go, take, go to university or something, and uh, one of the options was move down to Florida. I'm not sure why Florida, and she's not even really sure why Florida, but that was one of the options. Or move to Colorado, and this man, at the end of the service, this pastor called, just spoke to her and, and, and said, you know, I, I really think you ought to pray about going with your parents to Colorado. He didn't know the, the, all of the details. It was about like that. Is that am I close enough? And he didn't know all the details, but, you know, God really impressed upon her to to make that shift in her thinking. And, you know, to make a long story short, here we are now, 28 years later, we've, we've, been, we've pastored in, in, in Colorado, we've lived in uh, Kenya, we've, we've traveled together, and we've made all kinds of decisions together, raising children and all of these different things. But, you know, it was, it was, I believe it was the hand of the Lord that was on us, that was guiding us and giving us direction for our lives. When I look back on these things, when I look back on the on the decisions that have been made, I can see that had I made a different decision at this particular point, everything would have turned out completely different. How many know you, you, you can look back on your life at different places like that. And you don't see it until you get until you get past it. And you know, the, the will of God is something that is a, a delicate thing. But you know, in the process of life, we make decisions, and and, and sometimes we're thinking, well, when it comes to the big decisions, I'll, I'll I'll really make give a lot of thought to that. I'll really pray about that. But you know, God's concerned with even the small decisions of our lives. God's concerned with the, the small areas of of our lives and, and and through these decisions and the, and the circumstances of life whether it's 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 hearing from the word of god or whatever the case is you know god god leads us and he guides us in our everyday lives i want to look at this text in psalm 143 and this is what it says i'm going to read it out of the new living translation He says in verse 1, hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my plea. Answer me because you are faithful and righteous. Don't put your servant on trial for no one is innocent before you. My enemies chase me. He's knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. I remember the days of old. I ponder all of your great works and think about what you've done. I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I'll die. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. Now here, listen to this right here at the end of verse 8. Show me where to walk. For I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. David Livingston said this. He says, God, send me anywhere. Only go with me. Lay any burden on me. Just sustain me. Sever any tie in my heart except the tie that binds my heart to yours. I'm going to tell you that the decisions that we make in life carry a lot of weight. We're not just living our lives. I don't just live my life simply for my own Pleasures, my own desires, my own my own uh, uh, plans, and my own purposes, and I, you know, just what is it that I want? I understand that there is a plan that God has for my life. We read that scripture. We kicked off the revival with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He says, "I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future." And and God has specific plans for our lives, and even as God has plans for our lives, the devil also has plans for our lives. He wants to take us down a path, a path that is that is full of regret. He wants to take us down a, 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 a road of, of, of misery and sorrow, and there are people in this place you've lived through things that, that, that you would never want your children to have to go through those kinds of things. You've been, I've, I, we've got people in our church, the testimonies and the, the things that they share, it's like enough for two or three lifetimes. The kinds of things that they've been through and the testimony that they have. And the, the plans of God are to interrupt everything that the devil would want to do in your life and put you on a new course. Put our lives on a, on a path of glory, a path that where there is hope. How many know ignorance is not bliss? What are we going to say when we are called into account on the day of judgment? Matthew 7 in verse 21, if you're taking notes, says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. He who does the will of my Father, you know the will of God is a serious thing. Elizabeth Elliot. How many have heard of Elizabeth Elliot? Her husband. She, her husband was one of five missionaries that went in the in the early 50s to the Aka Indians in in uh, the rainforest of was it Ecuador? I'm not sure, uh, but they. They went as missionaries, and listen to what this this lady says about the will of God. She says, the will of God is not something that you add to your life. It's a course that you choose. You either line yourself up with the Son of God, or you give in to the principle which governs the rest of the world. What is the principle that governs the rest of the world? Most people would say, if it feels right, do it. If you want it, take it. You can have it. That is the principle that governs most of the world. And, and you know, it's something that you and I have to, uh, we have to make a conscious effort and a choice. Say, God, I want your will. God, I want your plans. I want to do what you've called me to do. Years ago, my dad went from Sierra Vista, Arizona. He was pastoring down there. They just built a church down there about 40 years ago. And they put up a new building. Everything was was great. They had a a great congregation. but He just felt like the Holy Spirit was leading him. The Lord was leading him to do something different. And he heard about a church that that was opening up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And so he Packed us up, our family, my, it was, it was uh, three kids, and my mom was pregnant, and we went from there into Colorado Springs. There was a little church, about 30 people, downtown Colorado Springs. They just loved the Lord. These people were hungry for God. They just wanted God to, to meet them and do something in their lives. And Pastor Jones, my dad, was, was, he was on fire for the Lord. He could see something was happening in this little congregation. The pastor that was there, he didn't want to be there anymore. There, the church was in debt. He packed up his bags, and, and, uh, and my dad found a way to give him the, the money that he needed to move out of town, and he was on his way. And something happened in that congregation. People began to come to know the Lord. It was in the, the, the days those days when the, the, the hippies were getting saved, and people were, were, were being rescued out of drugs and alcohol, all kinds of things, coming to know the Lord. People were coming bringing their dogs to church. Bringing their dogs with them and, and, and wanting to bring them in church. People that want our pastor that was that is in Ireland now happened to be one of those people. Long, very long beard and and uh, didn't want to wear shoes to church. He'd come in there and, and uh, you know, they, they just came in. They wanted to lift their hands and worship God. God was doing something in them. 50 people, they, the church was growing by 50 people every six months. Just growing. Every six months, another 50 people, not people that, that were just just coming in from other places. They were getting their lives were being turned around. Next thing you know, the, the the building is too small. We had to move to another building. Then we bounced to another building, finally landing in the place where we are in, on the south side of Colorado Springs in a big old grocery store. And you know, out of that decision. His decision to just be in the will of God and want to serve God and want to be where God is moving all across this world. Here we are. You wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for that decision. I'm not saying you wouldn't be saved. God may have got a hold of your life somewhere, and you'd be somewhere living for the Lord, but many would not be living for the Lord because Pastor Blake would have not been here. I wouldn't be preaching here. We have missionaries and pastors and churches in different places all because of that one decision. What is it that maybe God would do in your life? What is it that God would like to do in your family? My granddad never, up until the time he was 21 years old, only been in church twice in all of his life. They lived by a different set of rules, and they did not include the things of God. But when my granddad gave his life to the Lord, it put our family on another track. God changed us. God did something in our lives. You might be the first person in your family. You might be the one who listens to the voice of the Lord and responds in a service and says, God, I'm not going to say no to you anymore. I'm not going to say no to your plans. I'm not going to live in, with a question mark over my life. But, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to know you. God, I want to be where you can speak to my life. Listen, it's not in, the, in, in the, the big decisions of life. It's not always in the great big decisions. It's in the simple decisions, the small decisions. That decision to say, you know what, I think I'm going to be in church on Wednesday night. Say, well, it's just just Wednesday night. It's just the last night of the revival. There'll be other Wednesday nights. You know what? God has a specific plan for each and every one of us. And tonight, his plan involves us being right here right now. There's something that takes place in the small decisions. We're building a foundation. Line upon line, the Bible says, precept upon precept. We're taking and we're, we're building and putting the bricks of the house together. Thank God for this church. This this church is not always going to be this size. Let's have some vision. Let's have some. Let's have some some eyes that can see possibility and the promises of God, and say, God, help me to be a part of the greater things that you're doing. Amen. Jesus says to the disciples in Matthew chapter nine, in verse thirty-seven. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is indeed plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to force out and thrust laborers into his harvest. You know, sometimes God has to shake up everything in our lives. Sometimes God has to get a hold of us and really shake us. How does he do that? He speaks to us in a service like this he deals with us and he and you we thank god for altars just like this one where we can come in a service and we can we don't maybe we don't know what to do we we got a situation that we're facing there's lots of things that we deal with i don't have the i don't have all the answers i'm not god i don't i can't see everybody's problems and you know just give it a quick answer i pray a lot and people come for counseling. We get phone calls. We've had phone call after phone call while we've been here from people in our church. Sometimes it's people overseas. Pastor, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I don't have all the answers. I need to hear from God. I need to take time say, God, you, I, need to, I didn't know what is your will. What is your will? How do we know the will of God? We listen to his voice. We have to be in a place where God can speak to us. Don't be like that little boy that that I, I may have shared it here before, the little boy that got the bow and arrow for his birthday. Have you heard about him? The little that little guy? And he and he uh got that bow and arrow for his birthday, and he went out in the backyard and began to to shoot it at the at the target, and his mom looked out there and she couldn't believe it. Every arrow was in the bullseye of the of the target. She thought, man, this kid's a genius. He's amazing. She went out and she said, How in the world, how How did you get all of those arrows in the bullseye? He said, well, it was easy. I shot the arrow, and then I went and draw a circle around each one. That's how we do sometimes, huh? We shoot the arrow, and we say, okay, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to draw a circle around it, and that's going to be the will of God for my life. That's no way to live, live our lives. That's not the best way to live our lives. Listen to to what Romans 12 says. This is how we get there right here. Romans 12 in verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, don't be renewed. Don't be be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, a a renewed mind proves the will of God. How do we get a renewed mind? We come into his presence. We come to church on a Wednesday night. We come on a Sunday night whenever the doors are open. We, We come and we say, God, I need my mind renewed. God, I need to hear your voice. We lift up our hands. We put the world behind us. We put all of our cares aside. God, renew my mind. Lord, I pray that you would lift the burdens from my life. Renew my mind. That's where we find the will of God. The mind is renewed. Your mind is being renewed when the impossible seems logical to you. Sometimes we see impossible situations. We don't know how it's going to happen, but it's just logical that God can do it, and he wants to do it. Because that's the way God works. I want to read to you a, a, a quote from this book, The Cross and the Switchblade. If you ever get a chance to read the book, The Cross and the Switchblade, it is awesome. I know you've seen the movie. Some people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'll wait for the movie to come out. You're better reading the book on this one. It's fantastic. And he writes this. This is a story of David Wilkerson going to New York City when he was reaching all of these gangs, and, and, uh, and this is in the early 70s. Listen to what he says when he's, he's talking about finding the gang members that were responsible for, for killing this, this young guy, Michael Farmer, and uh, it, was a, it was a big thing in the news. He saw it in Life magazine. He says, "I got to go and I, I got to go meet these guys. God's going to do something." Listen to what he says. He says, "I went outside and joined Miles in the car." We were both discouraged. We didn't have the faintest idea of what to do next. There in the car with the skyscrapers of lower Manhattan towering over over us, I bowed my head. Lord, I prayed, if we are here on your errand, you must guide us. We have reached the limit of our own humble ideas. Lead where we must go, for we do not know. We started to drive aimlessly in the direction the car was headed, which happened to be north. We got caught in a mammoth traffic jam at Times Square. When finally we extricated ourselves from this, it was only to get lost in Central Park. We drove round and round before we realized the roads there form a circle. We took an exit, any exit, just to be out of the park. We found ourselves on an avenue that led to the heart of Spanish Harlem. And suddenly I had that same incomprehensible urge to get out of the car. Let's look for a parking space, I said to Miles. We pulled into the first empty space we found. I got out of the car and took a few steps up the street. I stopped, confused. The inner urging had gone away. A group of boys were sitting on a stoop. Where does Luis, Luis Alvarez live, I asked one of them. The boys stared at me sullenly and did not answer. I walked on, on away aimlessly. A young Negro boy came running up the sidewalk after me. You looking for Luis Alvarez? Yes. He looked at me strangely. Him that's in jail for the crippled kid? Yes. Do you know him? Still, the boy stared at me. Is that your car? He said. I was getting tired of questions. That's my car. Why? The boy shrugged. Man, you just parked right in front of his house. I felt Bumps form on my flesh. I pointed at the old tenement house in front of which I had parked. He lives there, I asked, almost in a whisper. The boy nodded. I've questioned God sometimes when prayers have gone unanswered, but answered prayer is still harder to believe. We had asked God to guide us, and he had set us down on Luis Alvarez's doorstep. Thank you, Lord. I said it aloud. You know, this is something that... Isn't that, a, isn't that a great illustration of what I'm ministering here tonight? You know, sometimes we wonder well, do, do those kinds of things real work? You know, that's not just coincidence. That's not just an accident. God was at work behind that. There are things in life where the the through the the, the providential will of God, it's not circumstantial. It's not coincidental. It's the hand of God guiding a person, leading a person. When you feel that, that prompting of the Holy Spirit, that's the time to act. God's about to open a door. God's about to do something in your life. That's why I say it's no accident that we're in this place tonight. There's, there's, there's a plan and a purpose. I get people all the time, they say, Pastor, what do you think the will of God is for this? You know, Do you, th- do you think I should marry this person? Or do you think I should take this job? Or do you think I should move to this city? And, and all of these different things. Those are different, difficult questions. Well, do you, do you think I should marry this person? I'm not the one that has to live with her for the rest of my life. But sometimes your pastor will give you some real good wisdom on whether or not you should marry him or marry her. And may save you from, some, from a lifetime of heartache. But listen to what 1 Thessalonians 5 says. You ought to write this scripture down. Pastor Blake, this ought to be your answer for every person that asks, What is the will of God? Right here. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16. He says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Pastor, what's the will of God for my life? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. I want you to know God will give you, He'll He'll direct you, and He'll order your footsteps. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3, He talks about sexual purity and having a right heart. In 1 Thessalonians 4, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. All the young men said amen. All the young men said amen in the back row. In the back row. There we go. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Verse 7, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but holiness. He's called us to holiness. I'll tell you, you know, this is what I'm talking about tonight is not a difficult thing. I know sometimes we think, well, you know, God's just going to come down. He's going to send an angel and he's going to, you know, he's going to give us a word. You know, I've gotten a lot of words from different pastors over the years. Usually the word I got was not the word I wanted. It wasn't necessarily what I thought I was going to get. But there have been times where, where they have spoken something, and I received it, wrote it down in my Bible, and those things came, came to mind later on in life. But God will give us direction. How do we get it? We pray. We stay close to Him. These are simple things. These are, these are simple truths for our lives. Every time the doors are open, I'd be in church. Every time the pastor says, would you like to be involved in something, I would seize that opportunity. Because through all of those things, there's something that's being built in our lives. We're growing spiritually. We're going somewhere. God's doing something in our lives. And we'll look back five years, ten years down the road, and we'll say, you know what? I remember it was in a church service. It was in a rally. It was at a conference in Colorado Springs. It was at a on an outreach somewhere that God used me, and, and something began to happen, and I can remember what God did at that moment. And I, I thank God I was where he wanted me to be. Amen? That's how we live our lives. I'm, I live my life like that now. I'm going to continue living my life like that. And you know what? We'll be a part of the same testimony that God does in our lives. Whether it's here or around the world, we'll be involved with each other. Amen? Praise God. Let's bow our heads all over this place. Every head bowed, please, in reverence to the Lord. Praise God. understanding and knowing the will of God you know God leads in providential circumstances say so, well um, I just need to hear from God I want to encourage you be a part of a uh, be a part of your church be a part of a local congregation there was a story of a young lady she just went to a youth camp and in that youth camp there was a missionary that was speaking and he spoke about the harvest and about people in in far-off places and this young lady had a, a vision of masses of people getting saved, it was in, it was in, actually in Australia. She told her dad that she just felt that God was dealing with her about these these things. You know, she forgot about it. It was it was something that that she just kind of filed away in the back of her mind. Later, years later, she gets married. She never told her husband, but God deals with him, and they ended up being a part of of a mission effort in Australia all because of obedience. Maybe it's in an area of of ministry this evening and God's speaking to you and He's dealing with you about how you've been involved in ministry or what you've been involved in. What He would have you to do. Maybe it's the fact that, that you need to obey the voice of the Lord when it comes to telling other people about Jesus. God has a destiny for you. You know, we're a generation that is always looking for the easy way. In in Psalms, he says, "'Thy word is a light unto my path.'" Why, why does he put that in there? That, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because as we walk, the path is revealed to us. Each step that we take, he reveals something further to us. And we continue to walk. This evening, while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed all over this place, how many in this place, before we make any other opportunities we give any other opportunities before we do anything further you know you say pastor i don't know if i'm right with god i don't want to walk out of this place without knowing for sure that my heart is right with god i'm I'm not born again i'm not sure that if i were to stand before god this night if i would make heaven my home How many all across this place, you say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Remember me in prayer. How many would quickly lift it up and put it back down? Amen. I see these hands. Yes. Several hands. How many others? How many others? Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm going to rededicate my heart to the Lord. I was once close with God, but I walked, I took a different path. But tonight, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to make my Heart right with God. I need, I need forgiveness. How many would lift up your hands? You say, that's me, Pastor. Count me in. Amen. God bless you. See these hands. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is speaking to lives this evening. We waste so much time in life just, just by taking the, the, the shortcut The path of least resistance. Somebody said the path of least resistance is what makes rivers and men crooked. The path of least resistance. That's that's how many of us are by nature. It's It's just human nature. God says it's time. Get back on the right path. Come home. Like he called the prodigal son, come home. The prodigal son came to himself, it says. Scripture says he came to himself. He says, I, must, I need to go home to my father. Make a commitment tonight. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm not just going to pray a prayer for tonight, but I'm making a serious commitment. I'm going to stop living for my own self. And I'm going to begin to live for God Almighty. I'm making a commitment. Let's all stand together in this place. I would like for us to take this opportunity before we dismiss. In a moment, the, the service will be over. It's history. It's behind us. But right here, right now, I believe the Holy Spirit would speak is speaking to people. Maybe there's a there's a critical decision in your heart in your life. Something that maybe you have been unyielding in. You've said, I want to do this. I'm going to have it this way. And God's dealing with you and says, you know what? That's not the best way. We're going to find a place at, this, at these altars. I want to ask these that lifted their hands and anybody else that, that maybe you didn't lift your hand and you just want to come and find a place to pray. We're going to open up these altars. We're going to take the next few minutes. And we're going to make some decisions. And we're just going to find a place around these altars and just talk to the Lord. Any place in, the, in this altar, you feel free. Let's not, let's not walk out of here with uncertainty in our hearts. Let's not leave here with, with a question mark about, about what we're going to do. Are we going to live for Him or are we not? Don't be the person that, that just fires the arrow in life and then draws the circle around it and says, well, that's what the will of God is. Let's be obedient. Let's ask the Lord, God, what do you have for my life? Lord, I pray that you would give me a peace about this decision. I pray that you would, Lord, check me in my heart. If it's not right, Lord, stop it. Close the door. If that door needs to be closed, God, close the door. So let's do that right now. Let's just begin to talk to the Lord as we sing. You just be, just tell Him in your own words. Talk to Him in your own words what you you need from Him. Ask the Lord to speak to you. He'll he'll do it. He'll he'll impress His his plans in your heart. He'll, He'll work in your life.
1: Today I'll need you, I need you more More than words can say
0: Lord, that are making commitments to you. Lord, I pray that you would lay your hand upon their lives, God, that you would minister. Lord, pour out your spirit upon them. I pray for your blessing, your direction. God, give us ears to hear, I pray. This with me same.